morning, everybody. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. Welcome to the final day of November, November 30th, 2021. It is a Tuesday. My name is Nick. There's Big J right over there. Yeah. How'd this month treat you, pal? Good, man. Pretty good. Happy with the month of November in 2021? Yes. Beautiful. Anything on your list that you did not accomplish that you wanted to? Uh... Probably. Oh, man. Probably lots. Uh, well, listen, I'm not going to follow up because you're Thank not going to you. have an answer no, for I'm me. No, I'm not. So, uh, I All I care you... about is, is a great weekend of football. Uh, was the it? The Niners won yeah. and the Seattle Seahawks lost. Yeah, yeah. Uh, boy. For me, that's a home run. Can I, can I uh, say something that's not exactly a hot take? Uh, the officiating is making some of these games unwatchable. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, we can get into... Uh, Thanksgiving Day, which was a nightmare. Well, that, yes, there were too many flags. That being said, like, there wasn't, I'm not nearly as worried about uh, lots of flags being thrown on actual penalties. What I'm worried about is egregious penalties being called that aren't actually penalties that impact drives and games and scores. Well, yeah, and the inconsistency, even in the game. Right. Right. That's hard to manage. We're back in like the roughing the passer situation is comical. Like I mean, it's it, 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 almost yeah. all of the flags that are called on roughing the passer are not roughing the passer, and it makes it really hard to watch because they sustain these drives and make these games either not as close as they should be or way closer than they should be. So that we have a game like last night. Like I mean, that was as one-sided as it got, and still. It took a, a crazy-ass penalty at the end of the game for it to be over on an onside kick. Yeah. And now, again, that was a legitimate penalty, but, like, there were so many other things that happened during the course of the game last night that's just like, what am I, why, what is happening? This isn't fun to watch. Uh, but you enjoy watching the Seahawks lose, so that made it fun. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't It wasn't the game play, it was them losing. The final result is what made you actually happy. Yeah. Uh, and so we will talk a little bit about sports. Lots of stuff happening in the world of that. Uh, guaranteed no sports as the topic of discussion <laughs> for the X-Double Dare. That's a good idea. As uh, it was a rough day yesterday. Uh, but you know what? Uh, listen, uh, as I was explaining to somebody, it's like, you know, we're on like day 60 of the X-Double Dare. And I had to come up with like topics that each have nine questions in them for every single day. Of this thing, and it's like, yeah, every once in a while we're going to have a topic that's not going to be a strong suit, mm-hmm. but it's not like World Series stuff isn't easily researched. <laughs> but, uh, listen, what are you going to do? You can't make everybody happy all the time, but I promise no sports for the actual category today. That is coming up at 7 o'clock, and then we'll play the actual game at around 7.30 or so. Plus, we'll have tickets to the Xmas Bash 21, Theory of a Dead Man, 10 Years, Eva Under Fire, at the Knitting Factory today, and we play music. Let's start with The Offspring on the X-Rocks. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Important stuff brought to you by the Advocates Injury Attorneys. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. Tis the season, Big J. There's an old saying, it's better to give than to receive. You familiar? No. Uh, nope, there's no <clears throat> doubt about that. That's for sure. But uh, today is Giving Tuesday. Did you know that? Yes, of course. Uh, it is a holiday. Do you remember when it started? I looked No, I do not know that. It's fairly new. 2012 is when this whole thing came together. And it's traditionally been something that has been celebrated. <laughs> 
I mean, there's so many weird things that happen, made up stuff that we've done to ourselves over this last week. So Black Friday is a thing, and then Cyber Monday became a thing, and so they decided that, you know, after spending all this time buying presents and, you know, spending all of our money and, you know, boosting up the economy, maybe the day after Cyber Monday would be a good day to traditionally give to some charities in and around the area. And so back in 2012, they developed what's called Giving Tuesday, and it's an opportunity for you to educate yourself and maybe give a little bit of money to some nonprofits in and around the area. And of course, there are great and plentiful amount of those nonprofits in and around the Treasure Valley area that certainly will look forward to any and all donations that you'd be willing to give today on Giving Tuesday. Now, yes, this is different than the celebratory day that we have in May, which is Idaho Gives. Uh, that's a different day altogether and unrelated, by the way, to what's going on today. This is just a, a kind of like a little separate giving day, if you will. And so a reminder from the Better Business Bureau here in the Treasure Valley that if you're looking for a way to give back to the community, make sure you do your research and that you're not giving your money to a bad charity or somebody that's uh, not on the up and up. There's lots of different ways that you can go about doing this. You know, watch out for name similarities uh, of maybe something that you thought you heard of. Doing a little bit of research and reading the website carefully of wherever you want to donate is important. And, you know, making sure that you check out their tax information if that's something that you are interested in as well. But a reminder that today would be a good day to dig into your pocket a little bit and maybe give to a local charity here in the Treasure Valley. Not a bad idea. Big J mentioned it in the open, but the Washington football team beat the Seattle Seahawks 17-15. to Uh, Monday Night Football last night, uh, holding off a comeback from the Seattle uh, Seahawks just before the end of the game. Russell Wilson led a 96-yard touchdown drive in just over two minutes, scoring with 15 seconds left, but they could not convert on a two-point conversion at the end of the game uh, in a game that included a blocked extra point that was returned for two. I mean, it was a crazy, crazy crazy-ass game. Uh, Tyler Henneke threw for 223 and a touchdown in the win for Washington, and they have won three in a row. College football is about to get insane. Not only did Lincoln Riley leave Oklahoma for USC, yesterday it was announced that Brian Kelly is again ditching a school that he said just days ago he wasn't going anywhere for and is leaving for LSU. So that leaves an opening at Notre Dame which is one of the most storied franchises, of course, in uh, college football. And it looks like they might be going after Cincinnati quarterback uh, head coach again. Uh, that's where they got Brian Kelly from, of course, back in 2010. We'll see if he's got a good deal with LSU. It's going to be tough for Brian Kelly to win there, but we'll see what ends up happening. And that, of course, leaves an opening and Notre Dame. And then, you know, the dominoes start to fall, Big J. There's lots of fillings that need to be put together and all sorts of stuff. So there's some big name coaches and big name schools looking for coaches in the world of college football. Uh, Our friends in Trivium are busy. They're going to play a couple of live stream shows that they've just announced from their headquarters called The Hangar in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Build as In Waves and Dead Men and Dragons. They're going to take place on Saturday, December 11th and Saturday, December 18th, respectfully. Uh, Fit for an Autopsy has been tapped to open both pre-shows, but now through tomorrow, tickets for both shows will be on sale for $20. Uh, And then from Thursday through Tuesday, December 14th, they will be up to $25. Both will feature an in-stream chat and a 72-hour video-on-demand replay function. Uh, Hangar, of course, will be the official follow-up to A Light or Distant Mirror 
Mirror, which was the streaming show that Trivium did back last year, which was a huge success for them. And they've got some time, and they figured, why the hell not, right? And this is something you talked to Matt Heafy about not too long ago. He's like, this may be a regular thing for us because the first one went so well. And sure enough, here they are doing it just in time for the holidays. Yeah. So if you miss Trivium when they came to town, this would be a great way to do it because the production value on these are no joke. Uh, Trivium does not mess around when they do this kind of stuff, and they make it more interactive than a lot of bands do because of Matt Heafy's connection to the world of Twitch. He loves to chat, and he'll continue to do that during these live shows, so it's actually pretty cool. So check it out if you get a chance. Trivium doing good things and on the cutting edge of technology, just like you like it. Stone Temple Pilots and Creep here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. I spent the weekend putting up a Christmas tree in my house, and it sounds like you're doing close to the same, yes? Yeah, well, we started uh, putting up Christmas decorations on the inside uh, over the uh, extended weekend. And we have this uh, really high shelf, you know, up on our wall, and uh, we've got a whole bunch of, like, you know, Santa Clauses and Nutcrackers. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Okay. And uh, But we, we were missing a tree, and so we're like, oh, we got to go pick up a tree. Well, um, our, uh, our live-in young man named Kyle, who is uh, my daughter's boyfriend, uh, he went and did uh, the old-fashioned thing and cut down a damn tree. Nice, like one of the farms? Uh, I don't know where he went. Uh-oh. We don't ask questions. Okay. But, uh, well, you know, he, he, he his family has some land, so he might have gotten it off of that. Okay. But, yeah, I don't ask questions. I just say thank you for doing this. It's like it, receiving it's, stolen goods. It fell yeah, off a truck yeah, somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fell off a forest somewhere. <laughs> uh, it's one less thing that's going to burn into combustion uh, in the summer and the drought. So Burn into combustion. Yeah, um, uh, but it is... Almost a perfect tree. Yeah? Yeah. It's incredible. What's it missing that's, that's not... That, that uh, it probably could be fuller. Okay. But uh, just the way it is, I mean, it looks great. Has Fantastic. It, well, perfect look size. You, you hate real trees, and look at you. Yes, I still hate them. I think we would be better off if we had a, a nice fake tree. We just plop up, and boom, it's there. Yeah, that's what I did. Um, but, uh, and so uh, we've uh, got to, I had to go buy, buy the, the kids went and bought some new lights. Nice. For the tree, so uh, yeah, we're getting there. Okay, so the tree is officially up. It's not totally trimmed and decorated yet, though, Yeah, right? it's trimmed, and it's uh, it's got the lights on it and everything. We just haven't put on the ornaments and whatnot. Gotcha. And there was some discussion of whether or not we put ornaments on it. Uh, because of puppies and cats? Puppies and cats. Yeah, that's that's the one um, caveat that I had to make, is I have a new puppy. <laughs> Your picture was so funny, man. <laughs> uh, he, I had it set up on the ground originally, and he just wouldn't leave it alone. You yeah, know? I mean, he could pull that whole tree damn over. Yeah, right. It's not. It's not. It's, not a, not, a, it's not a gigantic tree, no, because it's just me and the two. It's a sad, the it's two a sad little Christmas tree. <laughs> it's it's well, it's seven feet tall. It's not a small. Oh, it one. is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it doesn't look like that in the picture. I know because I've got. Well, I'm taking it far, far away because I wanted to get the puppy in the picture too, and he's so tiny, it makes anything look uh, gigantic. But uh, what I had to do is I had to I had to build end tables and then put it up on an end table so that the dog can no longer reach the tree or the tree skirt. He's more interested in the tree skirt, yeah. which of course is covered in glitter, so his little stupid puppy face was all glitter filled over and I finally had to, you know, put it out of his reach because he just wouldn't leave it alone because he doesn't understand. And so, yeah, I've got my tree on like... <laughs> 
on like a table in my living room currently as uh, the the fix until I can get him to pay attention and listen. And we're not quite at the uh, the training phase just yet. As soon as he hits four months, then you can uh, you can start commanding his little puppy brain to do stuff. But in the meantime, uh, I had to come up with a solution to make sure that my tree survived until Christmas time. So you adapt and overcome just like you, Big J. Yeah, we'll see how it ends up in the end. But uh, You think you're going to put the ornaments on there? I, you know, I don't know. Well, you had you've you've had cats. How were they last year with the tree? Uh, it was touch and go. Yeah, it was a bit of a pain in the tail. Yeah. As long as you get uh, what I've discovered is uh, shatterproof ornaments are the best kind for yeah, situations. Yeah, we've got a lot like of that. old ornaments and things right. like that, so it might be best to to leave them uh, be. It's just nice to have a tree that's lit up inside, though. I wish you the best of luck, sir, and congratulations on your mysterious tree wherever it may have come from. Don't ask questions, man. Morning after with Nick and Big J. Yeah, then you're not uh, any kind of, you know, I'm accomplice not to the crime. Morning after with Nick and Big J. We will do some streaming dumbass action next on the X-Rock. After with Nick and Big J. And we are all over the map for today's edition of Streaming Dumbass in more ways than one. Depending on which movies Big J selects will depend on which streaming network he will have to choose from. And we're also all over the place genre-wise. In today's movies, there's some dramas, there's some actions, there's some comedies, there's one line that is uh, true to all three of these movies, however. Each one of them, Big J, has an Oscar winner that you're actually a fan of, which is more difficult than you think to come up with three people that have won an Oscar that you could actually consider yourself a fan of, of their works and movies. But in each one of these, it has one Oscar winner that I know you like in some way, shape, or form, okay? Great. Movie number one. Five years after the end of a great war, Captain Kidd crosses paths with a kidnapping victim. Forced to return the victim home, Kidd agrees to escort the victim across the harsh and unforgiving plains. However, the long journey soon turns into a fight for survival, as the traveling companions encounter danger at every turn, both human and natural. Jeez. Movie number two. Living alone in the Oregon wilderness, a hunter is forced to return to Portland to find the person who stole something very close to him. Oh, and short. movie number three. When a man's estranged relative dies, he is left what's called a conditional inheritance. Before he can move into a picturesque cabin, he has to complete a to-do list and step into his relative's world as amends are attempted from beyond the grave. Movie number one, movie number two, or movie number three, Big J? All right, I'm leaning towards one and three. Um... I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with movie number three. Movie number three, no, it is. Movie number one sounded kind of westerny to me, and I already I just watched a western. I don't think it's westerny. I, I it's definitely more period driven. Old timey. Yeah, yeah. It uh, movie number one was News of the World. That stars Oscar winner Tom Hanks, who I know you like, and Mayor Whittingham is in that one. That would have been on HBO, but you passed. You passed on movie number two as well. That movie was called. Pig, that stars Oscar winner Nick Cage. Darn, man. And Adam Arkin. It actually is fairly oh, well. Oh, yeah, very well yeah, uh, reviewed. reviewed. Uh, you will be watching a new movie on Hulu called Ride the Eagle. It is the comedy of the bunch, Big J. Jake Johnson, who I know you're a fan of. Not oh, an Oscar yeah. winner, but he is the star of the movie. Love Jake Johnson. Oscar winner J.K. Simmons and former guest of the morning Ooh. after is also involved in this movie. So Ride the Eagle is the name of the film. It's brand new on Hulu. That is the movie Big J will be watching. Damn! It is available for you to watch as long as you have a Hulu subscription. You can check it out tonight, play the home game, and see if your review matches Big J's right around this time tomorrow. In the news today. 
on the morning after with Nick and Big J. The important stuff is brought to you by the Advocates Injury Attorneys. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. Big J, December's looking us right in the eye. It's tomorrow. Yeah, which means I guess that would be. We can actually start looking forward to the holiday season. And the holidays are exactly magical for everybody. And it turns out that Christmas music can actually stress some people out. What are your thoughts on Christmas music? Um, yeah, I mean, it can put you in the mood, man, for Christmas time. Uh, yes, you are not against it then? Do you like to have it like playing in the house as you like uh, hang decorations and things like that? Yeah, but I, I'm the only one. Everybody else hates oh, it? Oh, man. Yeah, there's, there's very little room in our household for Christmas music. See, I... I a bunch I, of godless heathens. I feel like Christmas music the same way I feel about horror movies. And that is, I've got no problem with them in general. There's just not a lot of good of it. Do you know what I mean? There's not a lot uh, of amazing Christmas songs that I feel. And so uh, a lot of them are the same song over and over again. A lot of them are repetitive. And a lot of them have... Uh, fairly, I don't know. I just, I just don't find them very entertaining, as, as I don't with horror movies. But if I find a good one that I like, I've got no problem listening to it or watching it. Does that make sense? Sure. But according to a new scientific study, if you will, a consumer consumer report survey, say about 23% of people dread Christmas music around the holidays. Why is that, I guess, is the the bottom line. And the answer, at least according to Dr. Elaine Rodino, is that Christmas music can have a pretty big impact on you mentally. It can connect you to memories. It can connect you to emotions. It can can connect you to not necessarily good things. And it can also connect you to financial issues, too. Like, you know, uh, everybody talks about spending and gift giving and all that kind of stuff. And that's easy when you got money in the bank. But if you're having financial difficulties and you're having difficult times making ends meet, having the holidays look you in the eye and going, okay, I've got to buy Christmas presents for X, 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 and X. It's like, Jesus, man, December can be a real pain in the ass. So don't feel upset if you don't like Christmas music or that Christmas music makes you feel stressed out or it makes you feel uncomfortable. It's because you're dealing with some sort of emotions and how you feel about things is okay. You know what I mean? It's how you feel about it. So deal with it the best way that you can. As long as you're not taking out your anger on other people, you're all right. I just know this. My inbox is littered with tons of Christmas music. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. It's that time of year. And, and unfortunately, rock is one of those genres where the Christmas music is probably the worst. Uh, where we try to rock up some of these Christmas stuff and it makes it really, really difficult. But listen, if you like that, I'm not going to fault you. I just, uh, I'm just not one that, that feels like it's, it's quite the marriage that they think it is. But either way. Big J, uh, we've said it before. I'll say it again. If you want your kids to be rich, do not teach them how to play football. Do not teach them how to ice skate. Teach them how to hit a baseball. Or throw a baseball. That is where the money is. Well, in particular, the hitting one these days is where the money really is. I mean, listen, nobody's sneezing at Max Scherzer's, you know, three-year, $130 million deal that he just signed with the but Mets. But he's working half the time. Correct. Well, I mean, he's still working. He's only playing once a week. No, I know, days. but I'm like, listen, the rough life of a pitcher. But uh, it doesn't suck to be Corey Seager either. The former Dodger signed a 10-year, $325 million contract with the Texas Rangers yesterday. Uh, Two-time All-Star in his seven seasons with the Dodgers. He also was the World Series MVP last year. Uh, That ties him with Giancarlo Stanton for the fifth highest contract in baseball. You know where Giancarlo Stanton plays, Big J? Shortstop? No, where he plays. Oh, no, I... I... 
New York Yankees. The New, New York Yankees? He's an outfielder. But uh, the money is good in baseball if you would like to play it. I mean, you just got to be pretty good at it. I mean, you don't even have to be great at it. You just have to be pretty good at Plus it. Plus, I mean, they're fully guaranteed, right? Yeah. yeah no, I mean, once you sign it, you got it. Yeah, that's that's the way the collective bargaining agreement works. And it's yeah, they're just shelling out money left, right, and center. And it's difficult, again, to have baseball owners talk about how much money they're losing when you're signing people to 10-year deals worth $325 million. But, hey, listen, I regress. Enjoy your money, Corey. Hopefully you enjoy it. Uh, chalk up something I did not know in the world of Hollywood recently, uh, at least according to Vanity Fair. I did not know that Adam McKay and Will Ferrell hated each other. I don't know why I didn't know this. I mean, I guess I could have just jumped to conclusions because they haven't worked together in a while, but I kind of just always thought that they've been too busy doing other things, but apparently they just don't like each other anymore. Of course, uh, Adam McCann and Will Ferrell teamed up for a lot of the great comedies of the early 2000s. Uh, they worked together on Step Brothers, on Anchorman 1 and 2. They created Funny or Die together, but... Uh, for about, uh, in April of 2019, some bleep went down, and now they don't even talk to each other. Uh, Vanity Fair was talking to Adam McKay about his new Netflix movie, and he was asking about how things are like with him and Will Ferrell, and Adam McKay was pretty open and blunt and saying, hey, listen, Will's not even returning my emails. Apparently, uh, you know, Adam is taking some responsibility for how he, things yeah, went he down. He said he bleeped up. Yes. Uh, and the story is really, really crazy. I mean, you know, it, it's insane sometimes how you you realize how sometimes petty and weird little things can be and turn into these big things. So it, it's all about in 2019 they were doing they were going to produce a show for uh, for HBO about the Los Angeles Lakers, right? And it, it, they had originally cast Will Ferrell as Jerry Buss, the owner of the Lakers. Who wanted, that's all he wanted in the world. Correct. He's, a, La Jerry he's a huge Lakers fan. Semi-pro is all because of that. It's the only reason that movie ever happened. And so he wanted to play it, and then apparently somebody in HBO or somebody that was also producing the movie got in Adam McKay's ear and said, Hey, listen, John C. Riley looks more like Jerry Buss than Will Ferrell does. And so uh, as Adam McKay was trying to figure this whole thing out, and while he agreed that John C. Riley is probably a better fit for it, uh, he didn't tell Will Ferrell that he was talking to John C. Riley about recasting the role. And John C. Riley, being Will Ferrell's friend, called him up and said, hey, listen, you need to know I'm talking about taking this role for him. And that really pissed Will Ferrell off. So much to the point where he called up Adam McKay and said, hey, listen, this isn't cool. You're doing this behind my back, man. I thought we were friends. What's going on? And then Adam McKay started bringing up some stuff that Will Ferrell did behind his back. Next thing you know, it turns into a petty argument. Stuff was said that can't be unsaid. And boom, this whole relationship blows up. And now Adam McKay emails him and Will Ferrell doesn't return the email. So I don't think we're going to get an Anchorman 3 or a Step Brothers 2, I guess is my point, Big J. Uh, apparently, this relationship is one that, at least for now, can't be soldered. But you never know what happens down the road. Uh, they'll let bygones be bygones. But this seems to happen to all the great comedy teams at some point, you know? Harold Ramis and Bill Murray hated each other towards the end. I mean, they finally made up on, on Harold's deathbed. But it's one of those deals where they did such good things together. It's crazy how sometimes we can wet, let stuff like this get in the way. Well, ego and sensitivity. Yeah, it's one of those things. Will Ferrell is a very sensitive guy. He does admit it. So when, you know, he wants something and then his friend kind of, at least in his eyes, stabs him in the back, eh, it's hard to not take that personally, you know? Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your important stuff that's going on in the world today. Let's play The X Double Dare on 100.3 The X. 
rocks. Yeah, let's play the X Double Dare. Hopefully giving away some money today on the X Double Dare. This morning's caller X is Michael. Hey, Michael, good morning, man. How are you, buddy? I'm doing good. How about yourself? We're hanging in there, my man. We would like to give you some money, hopefully $200, but that all depends on you and your knowledge of the following topic. Big J, please. Comic book nerd questions. Would you consider yourself a comic book nerd, Michael? A little bit. Wonderful. Uh, Hopefully that little bit will earn you a little bit of cash. Uh, Let's get to $50 question courtesy of Big J. Who is a superhero that is also known as the Man of Steel? Superman. Right. Superman is correct. That is worth $50. That is money in your pocket, sir. You could take that and walk away, or you can go double or nothing for $100 with a more difficult question. What would you like to do? Let's go for it. Okay. What famous DC superhero only gets his power from a ring? Green Lantern. Right. Bam! $100 in your pocket. So now that's yours. You can take that and walk away, or you can go for $200, which in theory is the most difficult question of the bunch. Big J, do you, would you have known this one? Uh, yes. Okay. So Big J would have known it. Let's see. Uh, Michael, I don't want to let that you know influence you in any way. What would you like to do? Uh, let's go for it. Okay, man. Good luck. Who is the superhero twin brother of Scarlet Witch? We're looking for the character name here. Or the superhero uh, Red name. Red Skull. Red Skull? Wrong. Red Skull is not correct. I'm sorry, Michael. Yeah, Michael. Sorry, man. Oh. Uh, what was the answer, Big J? Quicksilver. Right. Quicksilver, the really fast dude that runs around in the Marvel Universe is the correct answer. I'm sorry, Michael. You got up to the $200 question, but you couldn't quite bring it home. That one was a hard one, in my opinion. But uh, that is what tripped you up. I'm sorry, brother. No money yet again today. But we did get some answers right. That's a step in the right direction. Agree or disagree, BJ? Agreed. Uh, we will see what happens. Your comic book nerddom could score you some money with Jason Drew and with Adam. Uh, 12.30 today and 5.30 today. As that topic remains the same, we wish you the best of luck. We're going to go to hell. It's coming up next on the X Rocks. Jill? Read the X Rocks. Ireland is where we're going for today's We're Going to Hell story. Oh, nice. And we're going to put the fun in funeral here, my friend. As it all took place at a cemetery, the Co-Galway Cemetery, to be specific. And it, it, there doesn't really appear to be any details as to what triggered the event. All we know is there were two separate funerals happening over the weekend at this particular funeral, or at this particular gravesite, you understand? Yeah. And so uh, it was two families that apparently have a long-standing beef with each other. And you know what happens when two families that don't like each other get together and emotions are already running wild, right? Especially Irish. Oh, man. I mean... The family man. Yeah. It uh, it turned ugly, and it turned ugly quick. Before you know it, apparently, the space between the two families started to grow a little bit smaller over the weekend, specifically on Saturday when the two funerals would be held at around the same time. Doesn't appear that there was any kind of connection as to why they just happen to be there, they just happen to be there, and these two families have beef. The so next thing you know, there's alcohol involved, of course, and so people start pushing each other around, right? Yeah. Next thing you know, these two families get into a knockdown, drag out, full-on fist fight right there in the cemetery. 
And now, Big J, I, I will say this. Uh, if you want foreign objects involved in a fight, cemeteries are probably a decent place to go. Because, hmm. apparently, uh, these two families started to pick up the wooden crosses that were next to their family members Jesus, that are being buried. man. And just start... I mean, we're talking about swinging, home run style swings at each other. So much so that eight people involved in the fight had to go to the hospital. Non-life-threatening injuries, but we got some broken bones, some open gashes, some stitches are required. Because listen, you get hit with a cross, that's going to hurt. I didn't tell you that. Right. And so it's a situation where people had to go to the hospital, but... Everybody is going to be okay, but that doesn't mean that they're just going to let this slide. Looks like at least 17 people are going to be charged in the fight that happened between the two family members, at least according to the 30 police officers that had to arrive on the scene to break up the situation that happened. Of course, the grief, the sadness, the emotion, and the alcohol all fueled this particular funeral brawl. And I just want to know what it really started with. Does that make sense? Yeah, what what started the beef yeah, to begin mean, with? Because, again, these families haven't liked each other for a while, at least according to the story that I'm reading, but it doesn't go into why these two families started to hate each other. So I don't know if it's a Hatfield and McCoy's kind of situation where uh, it was a long-standing feud between these two families or it's a relatively new beef, but either way... They found a way to figure out some of it, although it doesn't look like any of it's been settled. At least some people were hurt, Big J, so there's that. Thankfully, there weren't any other funerals to plan after this whole catastrophe. Because it could have turned real expensive. Everybody's going to be okay, but a reminder, I'm sure that's not what whoever you are paying respects to and laying to rest would have wanted. Well, I mean, you don't know. We don't know. I guess that's true. It's a, it's a family beef. <laughs> I guess that's true. Maybe grandpa's you're putting him into the ground was one, you know, you know, salty mf -er and wanted hell to pay. I don't know, but it just seems like the wrong place at the wrong time, I suppose. Maybe there's a better way to describe it. Either way, nothing was settled. Just a lot of charges were filed and stitches were needed. Morning after with Nick and Big J, there's your we're going to hell story. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Important stuff brought to you by the Advocates Injury Attorneys. You didn't deserve to be in an accident, but you do deserve an advocate. While the Christmas season can be happy, it's time for family, Big J. Togetherness. Decorations all over the house. But, listen man, there's got to be some part of Christmas that you don't like. Is there anything on the do not enjoy list? Um, the depression. Seasonal depression. The sadness. That's Christmas time? Or is that just winter time? Winter time, I guess. Yeah. I'm talking about the holidays in general. Like, nah, I got nothing to complain about. All right, uh, and you know when you th when you really break it down, the stuff that people list as their least liked things about Christmas really aren't that big of a deal. Number one, people hate Secret Santa's big chip. They don't like doing it. Seventy nine percent of people <laughs> say being a part of Secret Santa at work or at home is is literally the worst thing. Only because they never know the gift they're going to get. They don't know who they're buying for, and they usually don't like the gift they end up with. So if you're thinking about a Secret Santa, maybe think twice. If eighty percent of the people, and by the way, they'll never tell you they don't like it. So you might as well just assume that a majority of the people involved in the Secret Santa uh, do not want to do it. 
It's been a long time since I've done a Secret Santa thing, but I don't remember anything being enjoyable about it, I'll tell you that. You're not missing it, is what you're saying. That is correct. Uh, coming in second is one that I can also get behind, only because I'm terrible at it. The second highest thing that people hate about Christmas is wrapping presents. Uh, they don't enjoy that very much, they don't enjoy the task, and uh, I'm also with them. I know it's a necessary part of the holiday, I do it. I do it under protest, but I'm not very good at it, which uh, I guess maybe probably compounds the fact that I don't like it very much. How are you not good at it? I just, I, I don't like the way it looks when I'm done. I, I never, I, I don't, I don't feel like I wrap cleanly. Does that make sense? Like I always have excess paper or I cut too small and I have to repatch up my job. I'm just not very good at wrapping presents. I know you're good at it, so you don't mind it. As a matter of fact, don't you do well, most of the wrapping for your family? Yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, uh, some of the things that you state that you're not good at, I just ignore. I don't understand. Well, oh, I mean, I, I just I cut around it. I just, you know. Well, listen, I do it. It's not like I, I, I don't do it. I do wrap it. I just am never happy with the way that it looks when I'm done with it. And therefore, I don't look forward to it. I don't like it. I do it, but it's not my favorite thing. I'll put it that way. Hey, uh, Golf Digest had a chance to sit down with Tiger Woods, his first interview since the car accident that now he admits probably is going to end his career, at least in a consistent way. It was a pretty harrowing interview that he did. The uh, interview published yesterday says he does expect to play golf again, but he doesn't think he'll ever be a full-time golfer again, and he doesn't expect to make it back to the top of his sport. He says, quote, I don't think it's a real expectation for me. The 15-time major champion has had five back operations, still recovering after his right leg was damn badly broken in a February car crash. And he says that he still has so far to go with his recovery, he's not even at the halfway point. Uh, it was 2019, the last time Tiger Woods won an event. That's when he tied Sam Snead for the all-time record of 82 career PGA Tour victories. And it looks like, at least he's admitting, that's going to be his last. It's kind of crazy when you think about it, Big J, how essentially two car accidents ended the career of the greatest golfer of our lifetime. Uh, and you can argue that bad decision-making went involved in both of those, and I probably wouldn't be able to convince you otherwise, and it probably seems like that's the case, but it, it just goes to show you, man, you got to be careful. You know, I mean, at any yeah. point, any of this stuff can be taken away. It doesn't matter how good or, or amazing. Or it's karma. Uh, it could also be that, too. I mean, I, I don't know enough about him and his personal life to say he deserved to be in two car accidents, but uh, you may be right. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. The 13 or 14 ladies while he was married, probably. Listen, uh, right. Uh, while I can say he's got questionable morals, I'm not saying he deserved to be in two car accidents that ended his golf career because of it. You may say that. That's fine. It's just not something that I'm, I'm going to go uh, that far out on. Uh, I will say this, Big J, the good news and a sigh of relief to Marvel Cinematic Universe fans all over the world as it was announced yesterday that Tom Holland's not going anywhere as Spider-Man. Uh, you know, there were some pretty cryptic uh, interviews that Tom Holland had done around the release of the new movie that's coming out in December, and he had said how everybody was kind of treating this as like an end to the trilogy. And while he may be right, uh, apparently, at least according to Sony producer Amy Pascal, they have agreed to another trilogy of films starring uh, Tom Holland as Spider-Man. So our Spider-Man's not going anywhere. That's the good news, Big J. Ta -da! The, the interesting news is how they're going to weave all this other stuff into the world that they have created. Yeah, there's not a guarantee that they're good. 
Uh, well, I mean, listen, I, I, I'll give the benefit of the doubt. As long as they're still involved in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, yeah. I feel like we're in good hands. The second they turn into Sony-only movies again, uh, I'll start to get a little bit worried. But apparently they, that Sony and Marvel have agreed, so it's all MCU-based stuff. So that's the good news. They'll be great. I think so. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your important stuff. On the Morning After with Nick and Big J. And we've got a little Xmas bash happening here with Theory of a Dead Man, 10 years and Eva Under Fire. That's happening December 18th at the Knitting Factory. Uh, we'll get you hooked up with those tickets if you can beat me Pop Culture Smackdown. Just a few short weeks away. If you want this prize, get on the phone, 208-287-1003. I wish everybody good luck, especially you, Big J. Let's go oh, to the phone. Thanks. Hello, the X. Hi. Hi. What's up, man? What's Hello. your name? Uh, Michael. All right, Michael. You are gonna play Pop Culture Smackdown. Here is your question: Billy Idol, the famous '80s artist, uh, appeared in what '80s-themed Adam Sandler movie? Oh my goodness. Um. Airheads. Airheads. Uh, Wrong. Not airheads. Not a bad guess, though. I mean, not 80s themed, but sure. Hello, the X. Hello. Hey, Billy Idol, the Uh, 80s artist, once appeared in what 80s themed Adam Sandler movie? Sorry, you were breaking up. What what movie? I was breaking up. Uh, Billy Idol, the 80s pop star, appeared in what 80s themed Adam Sandler movie? Uh, that, that was the uh, Wedding Singer. Yeah. Right. It was the Wedding Singer. Good job, my friend. Big J, Bo Jackson, a famous football and baseball star, started his baseball career in the Royals, but retired from baseball after the 1994 season spent with this California baseball team. I'm going to go with the oh, mm, San Francisco Giants. Wrong. Is it Oakland A's? Wrong. Oh. How many other California baseball teams can you name? See, the Angels? There you go. Right. Uh, at the time, they were San the California Angels, but uh, he retired, uh, played one season with the Angels, and then retired after 1994. But uh, that's going to do it for Big J. That means you win. Congratulations, sir. Tickets to the Xmas Bash. It's yours. Theory of a Dead Man, 10 years. Tickets coming your way. Hold on one second. You're going to say you don't How remember? How many teams did he play for? Uh, just the three. Okay. Can you name the other one? Well, Kansas City Royals, mm-hmm. um, the Angels. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know the third one. He played three seasons with the Chicago White Sox. Oh, there you go. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your pop culture smackdown. We will do a run of headlines next on the Extra. <laughs> headlines brought to you by Team Mazda and the pre-owned Superstore. If you need a car loan do-over, check out the I pre-check button at the really cool website, GoTeamMazda.com. You know the one you hear about all the time on the X? It's right there, GoTeamMazda.com. It's a big blue button. You can't miss it. That's how you get into a vehicle of your choice over at Team Mazda. Headlines are as follows. Like Shaun of the Dead, wait, this can work? And that's a bargain. Wait, this can work? A 26-year-old man is believed to have hidden in the landing gear of an American Airlines flight from Guatemala City to Miami-Dade Airport on Saturday. Photos posted on social media show the man shortly after landing looking pretty disheveled and shaky before he sat down on the tarmac. 
U.S. Customs and Border Protection took him into custody, confirming that he did attempt to evade detection in the landing gear compartment of the aircraft and apparently was inside the landing gear for two and a half hours during the flight. Law enforcement officials met with the flight crew after reportedly uh, alerting them to the security issue, which is crazy. Like, I would think that, you know, there wasn't a lot of room in those landing gear compartments, but apparently... I mean, he, he did look disheveled and concerned. Room, but room, shroom, man. Uh, You're—that's not a pressurized area of the plane. No, that's what I mean. It had. It, it, listen, I, nobody's saying it's enjoyable. I just didn't think it was possible. You know, I yeah, didn't think no. anybody could squeeze up in there. But with these flight prices, Big J, am I right? Sure. There, however you can get there. Yeah, no, it, it could not have been enjoyable. I mean, yes, it probably is scary as hell. I mean, especially when that thing opens up and you're flying around. I mean, obviously no safety. Yeah, very commando-ish. <laughs> yes. Do not recommend. Like Sean of the Dead or That's a Bargain? Like Sean of the Dead. Uh, more than 60 people who went to a British pub to see a band ended up spending three nights there stuck after a snowstorm left them stranded. Andrew Heald's co-owns the Tanhill Inn in oh. Swadsdale, which is known as British's highest pub. It sits at 1,732 feet above sea level. Heald said two of the first three roads leading into the business were blocked by snowdrifts late Friday night, and the third was blocked by a down power line. So the pub was not affected by the down power line. That's the good news. The bad news was nobody could get out, and so they decided, you know what? Let's just go to the pub until this all blows over. No, Nick, the really bad news was that the band that was playing was an Oasis cover band. <laughs> it was well stocked with supplies before the storm, so they were taken care of for the three days. Uh, apparently, one uh, patron is undergoing uh, dialysis treatment, had to be evacuated by a mountain rescue team. But other than that, everybody else, including the band, were uh, just fine and were able to get through once the roads were plowed. So it was, it was a wonder wall. It's a wonder wall of snow, you're right. Wrap it up with That's a Bargain. Correct me if I'm wrong, Big J, but at one point, I don't know if it was you or the missus, didn't you think about maybe a tiny home as a possibility? Yeah, we were on a tiny home kick. I'm like, oh, God. I mean, I really, I, I don't think I was really into it and thought that that would not be the thing for me to do. Right. You just watched like those shows and were like, yeah, yeah. maybe this would be a yeah. good way to save money. But that, that has passed, I was correct? completely humoring my wife. <laughs> okay. Well, there is a, uh, you've heard of Ikea, right? Oh, yeah. They are offering a tiny home apartment don't, in don't Tokyo touch. for less than $1 a month for a whole year. Well, you have to move to Tokyo, Big J. I don't think anybody's interested in that. Uh, that is you or your wife, I should say. IKEA said the 107-square-foot apartment in the district of Tokyo will be rented out on a one-year lease for just 86 cents per month. That, that does not include utilities, but IKEA is accepting applications from prospective tenants. you got to be at least 20 years old until December 3rd. The apartment is furnished with all IKEA products, of course, and they're promoting it with a series of videos featuring a person in a shark costume portraying a real estate agent. Why, Big J? Well, because it's Tokyo and they do weird things. It's like got to be really small if it's in Tokyo. Uh, yeah, well, listen, like I said, it's it's 107 square feet, which is basically you turning around three times. And that's what you got. So, yes, it's not. I don't know how much Ikea stuff you can fit in there, but I'm guessing as much as they possibly can to make sure that it's there. Yeah. Uh, does that mean it has a bathroom, or do you think it's shared? 
I mean, 107 square feet is not a lot of room. It's not really enough room for a toilet. Certainly not a private one. So yeah, I'm, I don't know. It's bad news. I'm guessing you have to go down to the convenience store if you have to. You go have to two. pee, poop, and shower all in the same thing. Well, nothing new for you there, then. What? Morning after with Nick and Big J. There's your headlines. I do couple those separately. <laughs> couple. We will recap the morning after fantasy football league coming up in a few seconds. That's the latest from Bring Me the Horizon. Dive for you here on the morning after with Nick and Big J. Uh-oh. we got to put a ribbon on week 11 of the morning after fantasy football league. Big J, how did it turn out for Cobra Jays? Well, it turned out, I think, pretty decently. Uh, going into the week, of course, early week with all the Thanksgiving games, um, I had a little bit of a problem because my, uh, my main wide receiver, had a concussion so I managed to pick up former Boise State Bronco wide receiver Cedric Wilson for the Dallas Cowboys and you know what it was a great pickup he did he netted uh, 17 and a half points Nick uh, not bad on a flyer on a waiver wire pickup uh, also Dak Prescott uh, eventually uh, had himself a day and scored 25 points uh, I got uh, pretty much double digit points from everybody on my team with the exception of Nick Chubb Interestingly enough, and my defense, the Colts, is uh, my offense is kind of going up against them. So uh, I had a great day, though, from one Leonard Fournette. Lenny. Yeah, yeah, I'll he, say. Uh, he took the uh, the week, uh, the high score with 44 points. Uh, that left me with 150.6 points, Nick, going up against uh, Tracy. And, uh, you know, she had a pretty good outing from Aaron Rodgers, though it was suspect at first whether or not he was going to be able to go or not. His toe seemed uh, good enough to uh, do some damage there. And uh, Jalen Waddle, great wide receiver for the Miami Dolphins. He scored 28 points, so that was pretty good. Henry Renfro from the Vegas uh, Raiders scored 21 points so uh not a bad uh not a bad week from from uh tracy but uh, 119 points this wasn't enough uh, against my 150 so uh i go in and uh and uh take the top of my division again your record is what seven and five you actually i looked you are now the highest scoring team in the uh, morning after yeah points wise i'm averaging like 128 points yeah. a game you're doing great so uh only three weeks left for the playoffs and big j's in the driver's seat for his division which is good seven and five is good enough for first place but for me i'm also seven and five and i'm in sixth place but uh <laughs> either sucks. way it was a very very rough uh weekend for me as i had a lot of guys going on thursday and i did decided, you know what, I don't like any of these real Thanksgiving matchups. I'm going to sit everybody down that plays on Thursday, and it really should have bit me in the ass because I had a huge Thursday. David Carr had 21 points. Uh, TJ Hawkinson had 13 points. Uh, Mooney, the wide receiver for the Bears, ended up with 17 points, and I had them all on my bench uh, and decided I was going to just uh, try my hand with other players. And quite frankly, I got very lucky and eked out a 113 to 111 win over three Peter Parker, the defending champion, my second win of the season against the defending champ. And really, uh, I have Joe Mixon to thank Joe Mixon and, and Nick Folk, the kicker for the Patriots, both of them. Mixon's been on a tear the last three out of four weeks. He's scored over 30 points in three yeah. of those last four weeks, has done amazing things for me. I'm not complaining at all. Uh, Nick Folk has been just lights out since I picked him up off the waiver wire as well. He's the number one kicker in the league, and he threw down a 20 burger for me, which is great out of a kicker. It's it's crazy. 20 points out of Stefan Diggs. Again, my quarterback play was suspect. I had Carr on the bench after six straight weeks of single-digit performances. I put him on the bench. 
bench and he puts up 21 points. I pick up Taylor Haneke thinking I'll, I'll need it coming into Monday Night Football, and I did. I needed all 11 points that he scored. He did get a touchdown overturned at the end that would have really helped, but it was enough. Uh, and and uh, poor Dell just had some issues as well. Uh, he got some good performances out of Austin Eckler. Antonio Gibson almost gave him the victory last night, a career high in touches. He had a two-point conversion and a career high in catches, but 23 points, just not enough to put him over the top. What he really has to to be upset about is this performance of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's four turnovers really did him in. That's negative eight points for a quarterback, and that would have given them victory. Even if he had one less interception, he would have beaten me uh, in fantasy football. Unfortunately, that didn't happen for Dell, or fortunately for me anyway, it didn't. And so Dell falls to seven and five. It snaps a five-game winning streak for him as well. I will happily take that W, but I know how lucky I got and how I uh, you avenged me. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I avenge myself as well. Uh, another close game this week. There were several of them. Uh, Good Twin ended up beating up Discount Double Check, eighty-eight to eighty-five. A low-scoring game, but it was a close one. Tanya picking up her sixth win of the year thanks to JD McKissick's big performance last night. But he is now probably going to be done for the year. He got carted off during that particular performance. Uh, it was a good performance for Ezekiel Elliott and uh, Knox, the wide, the tight end for the uh, Buffalo Bills for Discount Double Check. But Allen falls to six and six on a 85-point uh, performance. Close game between wrong side of Kamara and Tenacious D, 105-100. to 100. Courtney picking up her third win of the year thanks to uh, Allen, the quarterback for Josh Allen, the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, his 26-point performance on Thanksgiving Day and the Packers' defensive performance as well. Uh, nice performance by Tenacious D, just not enough. Adam Thielen, his leading scorer with 23 points, but he got a 2.3 out of George Kittle with a high-scoring tight end on his bench and that cost him the victory, unfortunately, for him. Congratulations as well to Robert Said. I'm five foot twelve with a 91 to 75 point victory over Lanny, who falls to uh, four and eight on the year. Unfortunately for Lanny, uh, and believe it or not, uh, you know our friend Wayne actually left the highest scoring player on the bench. As no, well. I believe it. Um, Eli Mitchell for the 49ers had 27 points on his bench, and uh, but he didn't need it to win. He still picked up the victory and pretty easily at that. Poor Lanny has been struggling. Uh, he's got some running back issues to say the least. Uh, his wide receiver and tight end isn't helping him much either. So he falls to 4-8 and eight on the year. And finally our number one seed continues overall in the league. That is Melanie's Everyday I'm Rustling. 9-3 uh, on the season. Second win in a row with a 95 victory uh, over uh, the dead will tell. Russell Wilson, 19 points yesterday for her. Uh, jo- Jonathan Taylor and Josh Jacobs, both with 19-point performances on the ground. She's got a very balanced attack that has led her to nine victories this season and why she's the strongest team. She's got some great defensive performances on her bench as well. Uh, Carson Wentz, 20 points in the spot start for the dead will tell, which isn't bad. 27 points out of Cadrell Patterson as well, but just not enough. And unfortunately, Jeremy falls to 4-8. and eight on the year so as we head into the last three weeks of the season big j who you got in week 13 yeah i've got uh, our buddy lanny and uh, no punt intended so, uh, so i'm looking forward to another win we'll see how that works out don't get cocky kid i'm, Plus, I'm getting cocky right now i have got the number one seed in the actual uh division in my division and the number one seed in the overall uh the league as well in melanie's every damn wrestling so it'll be a tough matchup we'll i see I dare, uh, I mean, it would just be nice if uh, if both of us could make it. 
Well, both of us made it last year. It didn't do us either of us any good. So we'll see if we can pull that off again. I'm going to need some help these last three weeks because I got a tough schedule down the stretch as uh, my teams that I'm facing are all ahead of me in my division. And it's a tough division at that. But we're going to give it the old college try, Big J. That is your recap for the morning after fantasy football league week number 12. We got your bad impressions. They're happening next on the x Rock. No. With Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X. And we've got a digital code here for some brand new music. Asking Alexandria has released an album called See What's on the Inside. We'll hook you up with that if you can figure out bad impressions this morning. 208 287 1003 is the number you want to call if you want to play bad impressions. It works like this Big J's got three clues revolving around a pretty famous person. If you can tell us who that famous person is in those three clues or less, then congratulations. You've got some stuff coming your way. Hello, The X. Hey, how you doing? Good, man. What's up? What's your name? Uh, Logan. All right, Logan. You're up first. Good luck to you. Along with my pal Jonah Hill, I revived the 21 Jump Street franchise. That is Channing Tatum. Whoa! One and done is all it takes, Logan. Well played. Hang on one second. We'll get you that music coming your way. What were clues two and three for fun? Seems like the job of male stripper came in handy before my acting career. It was magical, and I got to voice Superman in the Lego movies. And why is Channing Tatum in the news? Looks like uh, they'll be making one more Magic Mike movie, Nick. uh, Magic Mike, The Last Dance, uh, which will be uh, going straight to HBO Max and will be directed by Steven Soderbergh. Hey, he directed the first one. He did, and uh, he uh, he realized, uh, I guess, uh, they, they did a musical, like a live musical. Yeah, it was like a, of it. yeah. And he got inspired by the whole thing, and he wanted to do this this one as well. Well, look at that. I have not seen any of them, I don't think you. <laughs> of course I have. I'm married. Okay, well, I mean, uh, that doesn't mean you watch everything that she watches, but you've seen both of them, or? Uh, yes. Now, it's my yeah. understanding that they're pretty good. Yeah, yeah, they're fun. I mean, it's, it's fun. It's a, it's a fun movie, and... You know, it's just uh, if you, you get over the uh, how hot their bodies look. Now, I know the first one is about him trying to get out of stripping to do something else, and that's his kind of thing. What is the plot of the second one? I do not remember. I just remember his abs. So, All right. Well, I guess that's all you need to remember. Yeah. And good enough to get three movies greenlit, so there's that. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your bad impressions. We wrap up the show here next on the X-Rocks. Are you is Papa Roach. That is Kill the Noise. Wrapping up the morning after with Nick and Big J here on this Tuesday morning. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. Big J selected a comedy to watch tonight on Hulu called Ride the Eagles. That sound right? Ride the Eagles. Uh, stars Woo! Jake Joan Johnson and also uh, J.K. Simmons. I saw that uh, Darcy Carden from The Good Place is in that. Ooh. Uh, so is uh, Susan Sarandon. So you've got some star power pal on the uh, the movie tonight. We'll see if it's any good around uh, tomorrow's morning show for the review of Streaming Dumbass. Plus, we also had a chance to almost give away some money. The $200 question was a swing and a miss this morning, so two more chances today at 12.30 and 5.30 to test your comic book knowledge and try to get some money courtesy of Jason Drew and Adam, so keep listening to do that. And that leaves you with the floor, Big J. Uh, Nick, we got, we got a problem, man. Uh, biologists and scientists, computer t- scientists at Tufts University of Massachusetts and University of, University of Vermont have created living robots called Xenobots that can actually reproduce. Why? 
Why? Yeah. Uh, why did they do it, really? Uh, to uh, help uh, fight cancer. Okay, well, that's a good thing. Why uh, is that a problem? Because uh, they, they're self-replicating, Nick, and they're programmable, which means they might be hackable. Like possibly. the dinosaurs on Jurassic Park? Yeah, kind of. That's never good. It didn't turn out well for that. Yeah, so <laughs> hopefully uh, they just stick to fight into destroying cancer. Are they little teeny tiny robots, at least for starts? Uh, no, they look like the Mega Spider. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I don't know what they look like. <laughs> they have to be, right? If they're, they're, if they're designed to fight cancer, I can't imagine yeah, they're, they're very tiny. Uh, supposed to be big, gigantic, Transformer-esque robots. But yeah, anything that can self-replicate, probably not a great idea. Uh, could yep. lead to the possible downfall Humankind of humanity. Humankind has proven that's bad. Yep, yep, we can't figure that out ourselves. How about we let you know that the next set of X-Rock is brought to you by DMB Supply, along with everything else you need to live, work, and play in the West. DMB Supply carries a huge selection of pet food, toys, and supplies to keep your best friends healthy and happy. So if you've got pets, DMB Supply's got you covered. Jason Drew swinging in here next. You guys have a good one. We'll see you tomorrow. It's the X-Rock.